Hello and welcome to Apartment 29A. I'm Shosh. And I'm Megan. And we're two best friends who have a lot to say. This week, we're going to drink Citrus Blast Tea from the Tea of the Month Club while we talk about the book with the podcast, Books Unbound, and the episode Forcing Our Friends to Read Our Favorite Books. We're going to talk about All My Rage by Sabah Tahir. And then we're going to talk about things we can't stop thinking about this week, which for me is Kevin McCarthy and his job fears, which I put in quotes. And then Shoshi's going to talk about a magical key collection. So cool. I want some magic keys. But Shosh, what do you think of Citrus Blast Tea? Well, I really, really, really liked the smell of the tea bag. It smelled very nice. I don't know, orangey sort of. And the tea isn't bad, but I think I definitely prefer the smell of the bag to the actual tea, which I know is silly. But this, I mean, I would say highly drinkable. I don't think there's any surprises in this. It's a black tea with orange, essentially, and that's what it tastes like. It's good, but I don't think it would be something I would make regularly. Just not quite up my, you know, sort of go-to wheelhouse, if you will, but not a bad tea. So how do you feel about it? Nice. I think I would like it more than you do. I really like it. I think it's more Mandarin than orange, and I think that's probably why. But I also, like, I don't always like things that are orange-flavored, um, I like, and I don't like orange with chocolate, which is weird because it's like a, a lots of people's go-to combination and I'm just like, eek. So I expected to be like, oh, this is a nice tea. Okay. Um, but I really like it. Um, I added no sugar. I just brewed it for, it's, it's tea of the month. So I let it sit here for probably 10 minutes and yeah, I really like it. So I'm excited. <laughs> Except for that. You only have your stash and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one downside to enjoying a tea of the month club tea. Yeah. But maybe there's another one out there that I'll try. Yeah, that's true. Because now maybe it will, you know, broaden your horizons and make you more adventurous. Yes. With the Mandarin. Still, I still think I'm nervous about the orange. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sherish, how did you find the Books Unbound podcast? So similar to last week, if anybody listened, I just went searching for a podcast. This time I just searched for books and started looking through them until I could find one. And this one had kind of a cute logo. And then the most recent episode was about convincing your friends to read books. And I was like, all right, let's just give this a try. I really didn't know anything about it. And so we listened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Um, but I think the reason I like it is because it reminded me of us. Like there obviously were countries separated between yep. them. So they had a time zone difference and they really like to talk about books. And they're reading like three books a week, not necessarily together. So I think we beat them on that. And not that there's like a competition, but if there were reading it together I think means more than reading them all separately but they read a lot they like they're like I finished three books this week and I was like I mean I have Ow. some weeks in which I get to finish three books but it's usually because I've been working on like seven books at a time and three of them just happen to happen to finish week. at the same time yeah <laughs> right not start and finish three books all in one week right 
Though in I think for at least one of them they were graphic novels, which made me feel better because they're not reading Sarah J. Moss books and finishing that in a week. Oh, Where that would that be impossible. Would be, right? Or at least at a least lot more me. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I read three thousand pages this week. <laughs> also, I'm not saying, especially at this point, that I could finish three books in a week, but usually we're reading a lot of books, like more than three. So it would be kind of you know, you're like splitting your time between, like you said, like seven books sometimes. Yeah. So well, I think you could, it would just be books along the lines of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2 or C-Spot <laughs> Run. Okay. If we're counting kids books, man, I am on a roll. I have like blown my like yearly count out of the water. <laughs> but I somehow don't think most of those count. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm above counting a kid's book occasionally, but I'm just saying in my current status, I don't think, you know. <laughs> of looking at your Goodreads and it's saying like every day, like first reread of Winnie the Pooh, second reread okay, of re-read. Winnie the Pooh, like, just like every day. Seriously, yeah. We definitely are rereading books, so it'd be interesting to know how many we are up to now. On the other hand, one of my podcasts this morning told me that today is Democracy Day, so I feel like you should read your Democracy book. Oh, we'll have to. Yeah, Baby Loves Democracy. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was Democracy Day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was today's podcast. The possibility was yesterday, but let's. <laughs> and, let's but since I don't know when Democracy Day is, we'll just go with it. Yeah, so. and since this podcast drops in three weeks, doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I so this podcast again, we knew nothing about it going into it, but I also really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. It did remind me a lot of our podcast. Um, I one thing I did like that they kind of did from a production sort of standpoint was the one who actually finished books the other girl didn't didn't but it kind of like cut away to a separate description of the books because they weren't reading any kind of description or something like how we do so that was kind of nice how they did that and I I sort of liked that production wise Mm -hmm. um I would have been interested to see how that played out if both of them had finished books Mm -hmm. you know but maybe if I listen to another episode because I'd be I'm not sure if I will definitely continue listening all the time but I would definitely at least listen to another episode to sort of try to decide if it is especially because the one girl talked a lot about like scary books and like Stephen King books and stuff and that is like not on my wheelhouse so if they're reading lots of books that aren't even you know what I mean genres that I really am interested in would be less appealing although we listened to that one that I can't remember the name <laughs> the name of with the two brothers uh, oh. overdue or something yeah i think that's it yeah that we found from what should i read next and i often have no interest in their books and it's still interesting to hear them talk about it so i wouldn't necessarily be opposed but i like i said i'd have to feel it out a little more before i would know for sure but one thing i was really confused about not confused but it said they had a patreon so just out of curiosity i went to look at their patreon because that's not even something we've discussed or thought about but i i decided (laughs) to go look and see just out of curiosity and they have almost like 700 followers or something on patreon 
And I, this is what I don't understand. One is I don't think they're actually giving you that much for what you pay, you're paying. So I was kind of confused about that. And then secondly, I was just like, how did they get so many people to hear their podcast and then, you know, go onto a Patreon? And I was very confused by that. I'm not saying it's not deserving. I have no idea and whatever. And I don't know how long they've been doing it and so on and so forth. But I was just like, how do they do that? Well, I can say that this is episode 209, and that doesn't include the mini episodes or whatever it is that they're providing on Patreon, but I don't know if they are weekly, so if they're weekly, they're half a year ahead of us. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, that gives us a little bit of an idea, and I'm pretty sure the friend that was on there said she hadn't been on for, like, a year or something or two years so i mean they definitely are ahead of us but i mean we've also been going for a long time so yeah i don't know but still i don't think if we started the patreon i don't know how we would get 700 followers that seems crazy yeah i think we'd have to do some advertising and pay for things and yeah and we never do that so yeah (laughs) (laughs) in some ways a patreon actually like appeals to me a little bit more in the sense that like for example they their patreon thing is doing um a special mini podcast about what they're watching so like tv and movies and stuff and so the idea of you know doing something like that like recording some kind of special behind the scenes thing and occasionally doing a live or question sessions or you know those kinds of things that they're doing actually in some ways appeals to me more than trying to do social media but you know like I said, it's not something we've even ever considered, but I just, I was like, how did they get so many followers? Well, they are looking at their, the description of the podcast. They are in some ways connected to the Green Brothers because it says our beautiful merch is found at store.dftba.com, which is don't forget to be awesome.com. Yeah, which is so what? they're somehow connected to the Green Brothers, and that's how they have so many followers. That's got to be how they have so many followers because with somebody the, has that some. Is, but. <laughs> no, but at some point, like that's been mentioned, or they've done something together, like a crossover or a something. Okay, I'm feeling much better now, <laughs> like much better, because I was like, I don't, I don't understand this at all. Yeah, well, and I was just like, I've just been looking at it, and I'm like, because at first I was like store.dftba why does that mean something to me and I was like wait a minute (laughs) well you know what's funny I actually saw that I think and I thought that also seemed familiar but I didn't click the connection because I just glanced at it and you know sort of like scrolling through but now that you say that I'm like that is that's where we get our awesome socks and yeah you know yep and my coffee exactly so okay I'm feeling better now because we don't know the Green Brothers. I wish we did, but know, we don't. Right? They live in Indianapolis. I feel like there should be a okay. connection there. <laughs> this is a total side like tangent about the Green Brothers, but they are killing it lately on Instagram. John is going off on his tuberculosis stuff, which I love. And right now he's attacking a company who, I don't remember the name, but they're a parent company of Pantone that does the colors. And so he has all of these... Uh, posts about colors of like like he had one that was green and it was like for greed and all of these things and I mean it is amazing it is like really on point and I'm like go you John Green I love you so much because he's really on this TB kick rightly so and then um 
oh my gosh, I just totally blinked out on his brother, Hank. Oh, geez. Hank is just always amazing and always putting out videos. And he kept it up all through his cancer treatment, everything. And he had one recently that if you have not listened to about going to try to get a personal trainer and people being left-handed and he is like freaking out and it is incredible. It was so good. I made Amir watch it <laughs> because I, I was like, this, that one yet. I'm gonna have I was to like, check it out. Oh, it's amazing. He's like freaking out about left-handed people and it's so great. And everyone should see it. It's so good. So sorry for that little side side tangent no, like there. It. But the Green Brothers are amazing. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting. I want now I want to know how they got connected. Yeah, right. We gotta do some sleuthing. I'm not sure if we can figure it out, but we no. could try. Right. We could probably look back through the 209 episode, 208 episodes that came before, but I'm not willing to do that. Only if there was a way to like search them. You yeah. know, like we should ask Carla. She's good at research. <laughs> yes. Let's set her on the set her on the trail. We'll find our answer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I will continue to listen to this podcast. I thought it was nice but I get really easily overwhelmed when it comes to books like it's much because I just want to read all of them like I have no discernment other than like occasionally I'm like I don't want to read that but there you know out of a hundred books there'll be one that with 100% certainty before I like try to read it I'll be able to say I don't want to read it and they talk about a lot of books in this episode and I was like that's too many yeah, it was a lot. I mean, I feel that sometimes on um, what should I read next? I'm like, no, no, too many books. You talk about too many books. The problem with what should I read next is they go through them so quickly and, you you know, they'll mention the name, but then they talk about them. And by the time you're like, oh, I might be interested in reading that, you don't remember what the name of them is. Mm-hmm. so and then you'd have to go and do some research and the one time I tried to go back and look because they were like oh it'll be in the show notes or it'll be in the whatever notes and I couldn't even find it and so I was like well that was too much work if I can't even find it but so that's the problem I have with that is I often want to read the books but don't really feel like they're accessible unless I can like stop and write it down before I even hear them talk about it right so but if you like books if you like podcasts with book reviews, this is a good one. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, they described like covers. They described relationship to other books. They described the book itself. Yeah. I mean, overall, I thought, yeah, pretty good. Like I said, I would be willing to listen to another episode, but I'm not sure that I would add it to my everyday list without having more, you know, more exposure to it to decide. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about our book. The book we were talking about this week is All My Rage by Sabah Tahir. The Goodreads description says, um, Lahore, Pakistan, then. Ms. Ba is a dreamer and storyteller, newly married to Tofiq in an arranged match. After their young life is shaken by tragedy, they come to the United States and open the Clouds Rest Inn Motel, hoping for a new start. Juniper, California, now. Salahuddin and Noor are more than best friends. They are family. Growing up as outcasts in the small desert town of Juniper, California, they understand each other the way no one else does. 
until the fight, which destroys their bond with the swift fury of a star exploding. Now, Sal scrambles to run the family motel as his mother, Mispa's health fails and his grieving father loses himself to alcoholism. Noor, meanwhile, walks a harrowing tightrope, working at her wrathful uncle's liquor store while hiding the fact that she's applying to college so she can escape him and Juniper forever. When Sal's attempt to save the motel spirals out of control, he and Nora must ask themselves what friendship is worth and what it takes to defeat the monsters in their past and the ones in their midst. From one of today's most cherished and best-selling young adult authors comes a breathtaking novel of young love, old regrets, and forgiveness, one that's both tragic and poignant in its tender ferocity. What did you think, Shosh? So I'm hesitant to say I liked this book because of the subject matter, but I guess I'll say I'm glad that we read it. It was very well done, very well written. Um, And I mean, it did have some good hopeful moments and everything, but it was really heavy. This book was a lot. You could definitely feel the rage. You could, you know, feel tons of emotion was so sad and difficult in some ways and it was yeah it was a lot but it was like I said it was really really well written I liked that it went back and forth through different viewpoints I thought all of it seemed really plausible like you could see how some things could spiral out of control or you could make bad decisions because you're feeling desperate um you know you really felt for all the characters yeah i don't know i i'm not sure i could what else to really say about it because it was like it was very difficult but again i'm hesitant to use the word good because i of the subject matter but i'm like i said i'm glad that we read it and it was difficult to read in the sense of the subject matter but it wasn't difficult to get through if that makes any sense yeah what what did you think Yeah, I agree. There was a happy ending, so that made it uh, a a bit more palatable, I think I would say. Um, If the name, if the author's name sounds familiar, she also wrote the Ember in the Ashes series, which Shosh and I have read and talked about on this show. We, so we knew that we liked her writing, um, and that's actually why I bought this book, um, and I'm re- yeah, much like Shosh, I'm really glad that we read it. It's a good portrayal of like generational trauma, but also of forgiveness and being able to um, see past the the past flaws or mistakes that have been made and come together to make a better future and a brighter. Uh, experience for for everyone Uh, these are these like if some books at the young adult level are known for kind of pandering to emotions that's not this book like this book really it doesn't make the the children seem too adult so to speak but it does give them the appropriate age and you can see in the ways in which they are acting more mature you know why like life has taught them to have to do that but you also still see their age their kind of immaturity of what it means to ask 
a 16 year old to try to take over the family business when the family business is legal like this is a legit business but it's an entire inn like you're running an airbnb essentially or excuse me just a bed and breakfast and what 16 year old who's going to to high school can you know get up and turn down all the beds and all of you know try and fix everyone's breakfast and then also um you know balance the books (laughs) it's a it's a lot that's being asked of of people in this in this book uh but it's really as show said like beautifully written well done you love the characters you just kind of want to give them a big hug so we both gave them five stars yeah i think it was deserving of that like we've been saying it was very well done i don't think this is a book i would probably read again because it's difficult I mean just like the subject matter and you know it's not probably one of those ones you're gonna run to and want to like reread every you know every year or something but like I said I'm really glad we read it and it was very very well done good I'm so glad all right so let me tell you what I can't stop thinking about this week and that is speaker Kevin McCarthy all right yeah so here's my thing sorry (laughs) here's my thing every news channel that i've listened to and as you all know i listen to multiple news channels is talking about this impeachment trial which is a farce so i'm not going to talk about that and but they talk about why they're doing it and it's all because kevin mccarthy is afraid of losing his position as speaker and so he feels like he has to like give to different factions of his party to keep his position all right i think this who someone needs to go to kevin mccarthy and say nobody else wants this position you are in this position yes because you were voted in but also because no one else either wants to do it or is willing to go through what 15 votes or whatever no nobody's gonna do that and everybody else who quote unquote wants the position would have even fewer votes than he got because most of them are in this little tiny faction of the republican party that is causing all the problems someone just needs to tell him to get over it push them aside ask for five votes from democrats which is not a hard thing to do and fund the government do your job and life will be better but instead we're all like oh he's doing it because he can't get his he, he might lose his position really it doesn't make him any more money if he lost the position he'd still have a job this fear is contrived and someone just needs to tell him to get over it yeah it's so dumb because nobody else wants the job literally nobody well the few people that might want it would have no chance because i wouldn't put it past like marjorie taylor green or something but they're they're not real but they're not real contenders there's nobody that could actually get all of the votes for their party they barely got him through it like you said after like a million rounds and essentially gave giving away everything and he came out with the stupid like you said, farce of the impeachment thing after Matt Gates gave a speech basically saying they were gonna, you know, challenge his speakership. I mean, so let's face it, like you once you said he st- he did something after Matt Gates, who cares what the end of that sentence is? It's Matt right. Gates. 
right he's he's totally he's totally just like you know giving in to one small faction that's the most extreme and like you said he doesn't need to just work with the democrats there would be enough of them that you could do stuff like fund the government because yeah. guess what the democrats don't want the government to shut down it's in their interest nobody work should with want you. the government to shut down oh no i agreed agreed oh but the thing is is like they do want it to because then biden will get blamed for it and it will look bad on him the economy tanks and that's you know then they think they've got him beat and that makes me mad because that's banking on american stupidity which fine sometimes americans are not the most brilliant but please don't run a government banking on american stupidity because luckily i believe they will lose also let's not run a government that's designed basically to hurt people like we're gonna hurt the whole american economy and all of these people's jobs and all these different things just to like prove a point or just to try to win the race yeah and all ridiculous they're the those who believe this is the right thing to say are like oh no one will matter no one will actually care it won't harm anyone i'm like except for the Mm. people who doesn't have a job and who rely on the positions that like what if if the position was truly if those positions were truly unnecessary we wouldn't be paying for them right there might be one or two places of inefficiency but the whole government is not but also then you're not passing bills you're not getting any work done you're not confirming judges you're not i mean on and on and on all the things that can't happen beyond just the people who can't go to work and get paid Right. it's ridiculous i mean it's so ridiculous yeah it seems to me like they just want a vacation so dumb so dumb i could rant for a long time about this yeah. but the whole mccarthy <laughs> position thing just get like i'm like look i'm a secretary of my you know my festival chorus because no one else wanted to do it and that's fine but i don't like brought myself up as like this is a really important job that nobody else wanted to do it needs to be done it's important but i'm not going to push people around like (laughs) he needs to just acknowledge nobody else wants the position and move forward mccarthy really wants it that's part of the problem he doesn't want to lose it because that's what you know he wants the position but he he shouldn't have to worry so much right he has it (laughs) Call their bluff, right? Yes. Call their bluff. Exactly. Ugh. It's ridiculous. I don't know. All right, Josh, bring us up from here. Tell us about magical keys. Yes, I cannot stop thinking about my magical key collection, which may just be the dorkiest thing I've ever said. I don't know, but I love it. So for a super long time, I've been collecting magical keys from Litjoy Crate, which I have mentioned before. And they've been putting these keys out for a long time. I feel like I've been collecting them probably for at least two years. I'm not even sure, but it's been a long time. And I keep collecting them and collecting them and I love them and I don't have any way to display them. And I keep trying to figure out how to do it. And I just basically can't get what I want because there's a few people who have done like made their own displays and those are the ones that i like and they've done it sort of in a old hotel key box type manner and like nothing else just looks as good like some people put them on hooks and all these things and so i've been trying to figure it out and i was like maybe i could just buy frames like shadow box frames for them and i keep going back and forth but then 
recently I was talking to my friend who now has his own workshop at his new house and is doing a bunch of like woodworking and stuff. And I was like, Hey, could I pay you to make these for me? And he was like, you just pay for supplies and I'll make them for you. And I was like, what? So I'm working with him and he's going to make me displays for my keys. And I'm so excited. I cannot wait for them to be done. He's like, is there a time frame on these? He, he checked with me today. He's like, are these for you or is this a gift? And I was like, no, nope, they're for me. And he's like, oh, good. I just was worried that you needed like a super fast time frame. And I was like, no, you just have to go along with me being excited and impatient, but no technical time frame. So, so we're working, we're working out and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. I want to see the specs. It should be really good. Yeah. It's just hard because all the keys aren't exactly the same sizes. So that's kind of what we're figuring out. So I think I've got to kind of like group some of them together in similar size ones. Because what he's not going to make me one gigantic one just because, I mean, I've, I've seen it both ways, but they're, I kind of like prefer the smaller ones. And I think it'll be easier to hang them and display them that way also. So he's going to make like a couple. So I think you know, at least one of them will have to be slightly different size to accommodate the the larger of the keys. Because a few of them are a bit longer or some, they come with charms and some of the charms are wider. So, you know, they're not all like created equal, which is nice that they're unique, but then it makes something like a display much harder. Right. That's super exciting. I can't wait to see pictures. I know. I'm so excited about it. I can't wait. So I'm really, I'm really pumped about it. It's going to be amazing. And someday you'll have to fit, tell me what all those keys open. <laughs> well, I will not go through all of them because I have 20 something of them <laughs> and the collection is not done. Like initially when they announced it, they said they were going to do 20, but then it hit 20 and they're like, we're not finished because there's just so many they want to keep doing. So I don't actually know how many there's going to be, oh, but wow. the one that I just ordered that I haven't gotten yet. So the most recent one is Ministry of Magic one. Obviously, one of the oversized one is Hagrid's Groundkeeper's Keys. <laughs> so, and the one with the largest charm is the Hogwarts Express key. So. Well, that one's cool. If you get yeah. a key to the Hogwarts Express. Oh, I've got all the cool magical <laughs> keys. So, I'd be very excited to be able to actually display them. Because right now, they've just been sitting in boxes. Well, if you have some magic keys and you want uh, Shosha's friend to make you some shadow boxes, let us know. You can reach us on Instagram at apartment29a, spelled all the way out, or you can email us at gmail, which is apt29a at gmail.com. Have a great week, everyone. Bye, everyone.